boy, here we go for the Monday show. It is that time of the freaking day. To get the stretch show started 3 a.m. till noon Pacific time. Thank you for being here. We got a, some moto this week. We got moto all week. We got a full week of work. It is back to the grind. The uh, hottest ball summertime is here. You are a dude that works outside in construction or in the heat. I, man, my heart goes out to you. I used to. I no longer do. Now I sit in an air-conditioned office. I can walk outside, but then I walk back into my uh, office and I and I have my own thermostat. I do love my, my job right now. I have my own thermostat, and I walk into my office, and I'm like, ooh, not cold enough. Click, 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 and I keep it. Everyone walks in. It's like, oh, my God, it's freezing in here. And I'm saying, shut up, skinny person. Get the F out of my office. I like it like this. So it is joyous for me when it's really hot at work. At home, I don't have air conditioning. I live by the beach. They say it doesn't get hot here. Then about eight weeks out of the year, we melt our balls off inside our house. But it's not too bad right now. It's been a really good year so far. And speaking of really good year so far, Jet Lawrence is probably having about as damn good of a year as you can to start off this outdoor season as we hit the halfway point. He is now a perfect 12-0 in motos and 6-0 in overall wins. And he did it again Saturday out at Southwick. And we will talk to him coming up in moments. Besides Jet Lawrence on the docket today, I'm going to get a little moto, uh, not a little moto, I'm going to get a little UFO on. I'm going to get my UFO on, bitches. I love the UFOs. You know I love the UFOs. I got two. I, I might just give you one and sit on one for tomorrow. The, the, I'll give you the much better one, and that is uh, just how much it's opening up and what steps the government are taking. And when I say the government, the not-knowers, the congressmen, the senators, the people that want to know but don't know yet have to sign and authorize all the spending, those people, they're really not happy about this UFO shenanigans, and they have really set it up. So the people that are running those uh, shadowy government uh, entities, there's going to be people in prison. I'm predicting as the UFO thing unravels, we're going to see a lot of American officials in prison. There'll be scapegoats because there's way more than they can shake a stick at, but I will get into that UFO story right after we talk to Mr. Hunter Lawrence, and then after that, I got to went to Florida, because it's the stretch show, and that's what stretch does. I do moto, UFOs, in Florida. If that's all I did, I would be content with that. I would be good with that. It'd be solid. I have to admit some shame. Uh, TikTok is wreaking havoc on the homeland. You know I am raised in California, but not born. I am born in Alabama, and Alabama is the state that I claim. That is the homeland, the holy land. And man, there is a TikTok um, challenge that is wreaking havoc on Alabama. Uh, This story comes out of Alabama, but we're going to get into that. It's a little embarrassing. Makes me think like, damn, we're almost Florida, Bama. We got to shake this off. We got to get up, keep going. This is crazy. I have a story about a dude who I'm figuring was a massive douchebag. This happened in Philadelphia, and he was riding a dirt bike on the city streets and had a really bad crash and is critically injured. And this is Philly, so what do you think happened? It's good. It's really good. Uh, Get into that story as well today. 
and then I'll have another reason for you to hate the uh, TSA agents at the airport. Not only are they a-holes with the power trip on you when you go through the airport security line. I'll update you on that one. And by the way, they're also in Florida, so it's a it's a double doser. Florida might get two whammies of Florida today. And then I got a story about a dead guy in Minnesota. Nice, good, good stuff, man. All right. Well, let's just sit down, tighten up the chin strap, get ready to plow our head through a wall, and sit down next with Mr. Jet Lawrence of the HRC Honda team. Red plate holding mofo, the only red plate that Honda has now after Hayden Deegan took over the 250 red plate on Saturday, which was crazy. So get ready. Jet Lawrence is up next. It's the Big 4-9. Big 49, it is Stretch Show, and right now we are doing what we always do on Monday. That is sit down with Jet Lawrence from the HRC Honda team. Why? Because he wins every Saturday. So on Monday, we get him on. After the race, we get to talk to him, and today is no different. He is once again uh, undefeated on the season, perfect in every moto and perfect in the overall every single week so far of this outdoor season, and we are halfway through it, and he is looking pretty damn hard to beat. Jet, uh, walk us through today. What was it like out there on the track? It looked like uh, that, at least on the start, you weren't as dominant as you have been, but then very shortly after the uh, hole shot, you were able to uh, take control of these races and then get that cushion and manage that cushion. So uh, what was it like out there for you today? Yeah, no, it was a pretty brutal day today. I mean, even practice, it was kind of flat, but I still had a few rough spots. But, um, yeah. yeah, no, today was just survival, like trying to get the best start you can and then yeah. just try and fight your way to where – because at the end, you're, everyone was so done where it was just like, okay, I think everyone settled down. So, um, yeah. But, no – Another another good weekend. Um, was okay on the starts. We were second on both, but we were able to make yeah. a capitalize on the that single in both. But yeah, no, I'm just I'm just looking forward to getting out of this place really, <laughs> and getting on the Millville. Where that track's pretty fun. I, it's one of my favorite ones. I'd say. All right, and, and let's talk about the starts today. Like I said, it's the first time you ever got the whole shot all, all season, and you didn't get it in either. But in that second moto, uh, Dylan gets the whole shot. He goes out front. But then very quickly you got him, and it looks like you did a gnarly effort to get out front because you did not want to be eaten roost for a few laps, or, or what was that? Uh, you know your strategy at that point because you really went aggressive to get in front of Dylan once he got that hole shot on you. It seemed like. Um. Yeah. No, Dylan. This just got a better jump in that second one, and this uh, obviously was on the inside of me, so I couldn't quite do a lot. I just had to try and maybe outbreak him. But by the time I was kind of yeah. pulling back in front of him it the turn was already there so i couldn't yeah. quite make a do anything there because he's going to drift out wide anyways yeah so i just tried to tuck in underneath and then it was just trying to hit those turns as best as i can and maybe try and get him in that next section because okay. a lot of people can hit that uh when you land that single it shoots you off and in any direction and kind of like it some people if you don't get it quite good or if you land in a deeper spot of sand it takes away a lot of speed so i'm just like all right let's hope yeah. we just land in a good spot <laughs> and and um and capitalize on either him landing in a softer area or not. So we just uh, we just really didn't want to get covered in sand. <laughs> so I don't want to be eating that. <laughs> All right, let, let's talk about this. You've pretty much had the lead of every moto for most the entire moto this entire season. What's going through your head? What are you thinking about out there? Are you just 
waiting on your uh, mechanics to hook the pit board when you come around? Are you just thinking, all right, I got to do this here, this here, this here? Like, well, what's going through your mind as you, uh, you know, sit out there and ride all alone? Because I'm going to tell you, you're so far out, the camera's not even on you for most of the race anymore because there's just there's no one close to you. The camera's back watching a fight for third or fourth or fifth or, or wherever it is, and, and we're not even getting to see you. So what's going on in, in that uh, Jet Lawrence brain as you're just riding all alone out there on a Saturday afternoon? Um, at the start, it's kind of more so... It's like... It's it, it's weird. If someone's in my mind throughout the race, I'd be kind of confused because like, yeah. I'm on and off focusing on, like, okay, where Chase is at, okay, Dylan's there. Um, it was definitely a lot easier spot uh, spot chase out this weekend with the green. Um, I, I could, I could, it catches my eye really quickly, so that was good. Uh, so it was just kind of thinking of that and just trying to make sure I hit my line, see where the gap is. And yeah. obviously my mind was also thinking about how tired my legs were. But then at the end, I got like, I have like a song playing in my head. So <laughs> wow. it's, it's like a squirrel brain a little bit, but um, <laughs> but the main ones at the start is just the gap and, and hitting my marks. All right, and let's talk about gate selection because you're getting the uh, number one qualifier seems to be like every week, and then you're getting your, your main choice of gate. Are you uh, picking anything based on what you know where your competitors are or uh, like are you strategizing at where you are in the gate or is it just a spot on each track where you're like all right i'm comfortable here um i just kind of just go off what i feel best with on either like now because they're prepping only so far out in front yeah uh so i just look at the best rod and the, and the best angle at the first turn and okay um yeah if my competitors go Next to me, I like to like Dylan this weekend. He asked uh, which way I lean. I said I kind of tend to hook right a bit, but he, we got lucky. He got lucky on this weekend. <laughs> I went straight, thankfully. Um, but uh, no, it's um, yeah. Let's look at what whatever position's best on the gate. All right, well, Jet, uh, whatever you're doing is working. Keep up the great work. We'll talk to you again next Monday here on the Big 49 after probably another win in the uh, next round of the motocross season. It is something to watch this. Congratulations on all the success to you, the HRC Honda team, and uh, we'll touch base with you shortly. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 the Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. In case you missed all the excitement Saturday at Southwick in the pro motocross season, here is your new 250 point standings. Hayden Deegan is now number one with the red plate, and he has got a five point lead on number two, Hunter Lawrence. RJ Hampshire is in third, 13 points down. Joe Shimoda is in fourth at 20 points down. And Justin Cooper rounds out the top five at 22 points down. Hayden Deegan got the red plate when not only did Hunter Lawrence just have a bad Saturday, he blew up a bike in the first moto, so he didn't get to finish that one. And then in the second, he finished eighth. Deegan came in sixth overall in the day, but still is now the owner of the red plate in the 250 championship. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is Stretch Show here on a Monday, and let's kick off this week the right way with a big old UFO story. I love this one. We have talked a little bit about this, but there it's just what happens is we've gotten into full disclosure, apparently, or what some people think are full disclosure. 
And there are people that I think really mean that. And I think all of those people are senators. Those people that have been sitting in there and congressmen and that have been sitting on these committees and have been getting lied to and lied to and lied to and been getting the middle finger from people that work within these Pentagon programs. Well, Marco Rubio has come out and said, yeah, and I, I told you this last week, that their whistleblowers are, there's way more than just Garouche. That a lot of whistleblowers are coming forward and they've all got incredibly similar stories. And they're like, wow, because we're not hearing about it. Well, the guy Grouch literally walked out of the Pentagon and then blew the whistle on some big time stuff and then and had to basically, I believe for his own personal safety, had to go to the media and do what he did. Because if not, he'd have been discredited or dead. And they've been like, yeah, or, oh man, he committed suicide. Bummer. Well, that is what I thought was happening. And then Rubio comes out and goes, oh no. There are a lot of people out there that are coming out with the whistleblowers. And he says, what's a very good comment. He says, either the whistleblower is saying things that are partially true or entirely true or at very high levels of government, we have some really smart, educated people that have high clearances and very important positions in our government who are crazy and are leading us on a wild goose chase. Makes sense. Uh, Rubio says most of those people held very high clearances and high positions within the government. And he says, ask yourself, what incentive would so many people with that kind of qualifications these are very serious people. What incentive do they have to come forward and make this crap up? Now, was there misinformation within the government? Because they say every little group within the government, every agency within the government, they all lie to each other to get the upper hand. It's just like spying. The United States spies on China and Russia, and Russia spies on us. But we also spy on, like, the UK and on Israel and people that are our allies. You spy on everyone. And that's the same within your own government. Everyone's paranoid a-holes, so they're all looking out for everybody. But here's where the Rubio story gets even more interesting. So he goes on about the first-hand knowledge, and really nothing new here other than he's, you know, kind of really solidifying these whistleblowers are out there, and they're all saying the same thing. And it makes this story fascinating to me. But here's a little twist. He also says that they are making it illegal, illegal for you to have a UFO retrieval program within the United States government that operates within the confines of the United States government without the authorization of Congress. That's on the books and they expect this to be out there and, and signed. And so what's gonna happen is Anyone that works within one of these organizations, they're going to have to look at it and say, all right, I'm dealing with a UFO, most likely, and this is not authorized by the government that I work for, and I'm looking at jail time. And what are my higher-ups going to do if the crap hits the fan? Are they going to roll me under the bus? Yep. So they say Rubio has confirmed the powerful internal investigative body that oversees the nation's spy agencies deemed that the allegations that Congress was not properly informed of spending on UFO programs 
He says, no, that's completely true and credible. Moreover, the intelligence community's first inspector general represented uh, David Grush, the former intelligence official who made explosive allegations of illegal UFO retrieval and exploitation efforts as he proceeded through the formal whistleblower process. So perhaps this is what some of these whistleblowers are doing. Maybe this is why there's so many coming forward now. They're like, you know, I'm just taking orders, and that's a big thing in government when you work at, especially around the Pentagon or military or Secret Service or any of that. You take orders and you do your job. Now, when you now know your job is illegal and they're not supposed to be doing the stuff that you're doing, well, who do you think that's going to fall back on? So that might be why we're getting such a, a flow now of whistleblowers coming forward. Uh, that bill that I'm talking about is the Intelligence Authorization Bill, which will immediately halt funding for any ser- serendipitous UFO retrieval and reverse engineering government programs, which they deny exist. They just said we're going to cut the funding for programs that don't exist. What's that tell you? But perhaps more importantly uh, is uh, if the explosive claims of such activities are even partially true, then people within that branch of that operation have broken the law because the types of activities detailed by whistleblowers have to be disclosed to Congress. So the new legislation instructs individuals with knowledge of such activities to disclose all relevant information while granting legal immunity if it is reported appropriately and within a defined time frame. If such illegal UFO programs exist, any knowledgeable government or contractor officials will likely be forced to conduct some serious soul-searching in the very coming months. Or they will have to make a decision, do I just basically ignore the law and the consequences to come with it and do what I'm being told to do on this job? Now, I think more people are coming forward. If this is true, now is the time for full disclosure, the truth embargo to be lifted. Let's see, but this is good stuff coming from Rubio. And I like that the more he talks, the more he's... He lets out without even knowing he's letting it out. He's just answering questions from reporters. And then you're like, ooh, man, we never heard that before. Ooh, we never heard that before. Wait a minute. He's saying that programs that exist uh, are illegal. Well, wait a minute. Uh, There's a lot there. So think about everything he said. That's a really cool story. And I like it. And I'm eagerly anticipating the findings of the whistleblowers. In the meantime, where do you think those UFOs are? If they were, let's say they were in Area 51, they're not now. After the whistleblowers came forward, now they're at Patterson Air Force Base or some other base in New Mexico or something. They're moving crap around. This is not gonna, they're not gonna make this easy. They're gonna hide this crap as long as they can until enough people within their own organization say, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. This is crap. I feel that they keep. A a lot of people with a little knowledge, very few people have a lot of knowledge on the topic. And those people would die with their secrets for the most part. So let's wait and see. All right, coming up next, let's do a what to Florida. Get our Monday rolling. It's the big four nine. Big, 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 the 
Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, here's some really great news. Saw some photos of Eli Tomac out enjoying the summer with his family. Now he is not racing this summer because of the Achilles injury, but here's the really good news. Eli in the photos is not wearing a walking boot, so he's out walking around doing fun stuff with the family. That means he is on the mend and getting better. I got a feeling we are going to see this guy at the starting gate when it comes time for the Super Motocross Championship Playoff Series. It's going to be phenomenal, and Eli Tomac is going to be there. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show on a Monday. Time to get into a What the Florida. I have not one but two today. Sadly, I also have a What the Alabama coming up. That hurts my heart. I got to do it, though. The news is the news. I'm fair and balanced. If I get news on Alabama, I got to spit that out there just like I got to get news on Florida. Dumb is dumb, and we must talk about dumb on the stretch show. But this one is just so appropriate. Coming out of Nassau County, Florida. The Florida Highway Patrol. They rolled into state lines. There's a Florida Welcome Center. All states have them. Usually come across the border. And then within a mile or two, three, four, five, there'll be like a rest stop and it'll have a welcome center. And it's in there there'll be bathrooms and maybe a, you know, a little information station or something like that. And, and every state has those. If you go on a road trip, you see them all the time. Well, the Florida Highway Patrol noticed something going on uh, on Thursday. They conducted a traffic stop on a vehicle. Uh, they say because it had an illegal window tent, that vehicle was stopped on I-95 uh, right there at the Florida Welcome Center. And what it was was a – this is still Florida – it was a mobile meth lab that was operating at the Florida Welcome Center. <laughs> yeah, a 42-year-old female was driving and a 41-year-old male passenger were on their way to uh, Apopka, Florida from Charleston, South Carolina with their mobile meth lab. And they got popped for having tinted windows and they were set up at the Welcome Center in Florida. Yeah, Florida Highway Patrol says during the investigation, the trooper noticed both individuals displayed numerous visual and behavioral indicators of the illegal use of narcotics. Oh, they were tweaking. You know what tweakers do? Tweakers got to tweak, y'all. That's what tweakers do. And they're very, 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 very obvious. I can spot a tweaker a mile away, having worked in rehab for so long and then done security a lot of times because... Not only are tweakers going to tweak, y'all, tweakers are going to do what they need to do to tweak, and that is steal, typically, because they don't really have jobs, because they're tweakers. Tweakers are not really reliable, unless they're strippers, and then for some reason, they can manage to show up at work by 9 p.m. and get on a pole every day, and grind to the music and as their teeth turn gray and fall out. But for the most part, tweakers are not reliable. Yeah, after the uh, cops said, hey, can we uh, search your vehicle? They located some liquid crystal methamphetamine along with materials used to make crystal meth. See their little mobile lab going? The chemicals used to make methamphetamine are hazardous, flammable, and pose a various serious health risk to anyone inhaling or ingesting them. According to Florida Highway Patrol, methamphetamine can also cause severe burns if they come in contact with the skin. Both suspects were transported to the Nassau County Jail will be charged with trafficking, possession, and manufacturing of methamphetamine at the Florida Welcome Center. <laughs> Sorry, that's just funny. That's so Florida. 
That's just right on Florida. All right, I have another Florida story still to get to today. But before I do, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it fair and balanced. I got Wet the Alabama coming up next. There's a TikTok challenge that is just tearing an ass through Alabama and dumbassery. It's summertime in Alabama. You know what you do? You get out on the lake and get stupid. Drink some beers and act a fool. That's kind of what they do in most of America, but for some reason, Alabama's really paying for it this year. We'll get into this next. Shaking my head. Stemming 49. All right. Time to take it to Alabama now. God, I hear this song, and I love this song, but at the same time, I cringe because it's the song I always play when I bring my brother on. I'm glad my brother's in jail, and I did not have to deal with him. We'll not talk about that, but that's where Buzz is. Where Buzz has been for a little bit. Buzz likes to get in trouble. Yeah, I don't think he's got any more sponsors left. Ah, fun times, Buzz. All right, let's talk about this. There is a new TikTok trend. It's called boat jumping. And that is where people get a boat cranking up to speed. And then they either just flip out of the flip out the back or just jump out the side. And they don't dive. They just jump out feet first. And when a boat is hauling ass, that's not a real great idea. And these people are uh, dying. In fact, four people alone have died so far this year in Alabama doing the TikTok trend. And it's a TikTok thing. It's called boat jumping. Hashtag boat jumping or any iteration of those two words shows a stream of people filming their brushes with death they go into one situation where a wife is driving on a river in Alabama with the kids in the boat and she's filming and they get the boat cranking and dad jumps out and when he flips back he breaks his neck on the wake they say that's what happens these boats are going so fast that when you jump into the water it's like hitting concrete and you bam crack snapple pop and these guys uh are dying four people so far this year alabama the hardest hit from the tiktok challenge of boat jumping uh first responders are telling people hey don't do this it's dumb and you can get seriously hurt and they're showing like i'm looking at some of them these people just i mean some of them are fine they get up laughing everybody on the boat's laughing and the person's in the back and then the next guy breaks his effing neck flipping out of the boat while you're hauling ass yeah, that's not a good thing, man. Not a good thing. So they say, uh, do not partake in the TikTok challenge, especially if you're in Alabama, where dumbassery runs wild, because uh, they got the highest rate of death so far. Say the high rate of speed from the boat, combined with the still water, make for dangerous landing pad that feels similar to concrete. If an individual who jumps from a moving boat doesn't protect their neck and head, they could become permanently paralyzed, if not uh, suffer instant death. Authorities are urging boaters to avoid the deadly trend and urge their loved ones not to participate. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. That's what they're saying. It's not worth your life. You hear me, Alabama? Stop being stupid. Leave that to Florida. Alabama just needs to be chill and cool. We don't need to be Florida. Don't try to compete with Florida. You ain't going to win. Not going to happen. All right, that's my public service announcement to the homeland. Oh, let's get back to Florida. Let's do that. Let's get back to Florida. I'll feel better. 
Stop making fun of Alabama. Get into Florida, and then I'm going to get into Philly after that. I'm just taking shots at everybody today. It's the Big 4-9. The Man Entertainment Report! The United States Postal Service says that they have the remains of 452 people in their lost parcel department because, well, they say they were either sent to the wrong address or the writing on the labels was illegible. They also say that since the United States Postal Service is the only legal way to ship your dead and cremated loved ones, that strict protocols are required, like they must be shipped express mail and have an orange label on them that states these are human remains but they also admit that 25 to 50 percent of the time those protocols are not followed that's why we have a lost dead guy bin at the post office a former dude has been crowned miss universe netherlands i say a former dude because well she's now transgendered and is a chick 22 year old Ricky Valerie Cole won the pageant on Saturday night and is now headed to the Miss Universe pageant. And shockingly, she will not be the first former dude to be in the Miss Universe pageant. Spain's already put a dude in there before, and now the Netherlands is following suit. Let's go, get your schlong on. I wonder if they take points off for a bulge in your evening gown. And proving that he's still making really bad decisions even at his advanced age, Dennis Rodman has revealed his brand new face tattoo. And I'm against face tattoos in general, but when it's a face tattoo of a chick you just started dating, that's a real big no-no. He's gonna regret this one, I bet he is. But check out Dennis Rodman's new girlfriend tattooed on his freaking face, it's pretty funny. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, Stretch show here on a Monday. You like traveling? Because I don't think anyone does. The pain in the ass of going through the airport, going through security, getting on the plane, all the crap, the crazy-ass people, the people that loke out on planes, the people that are rude as F on planes, the people that are paranoid on planes. It makes for a very unpleasant traveling experience. Not to mention you got TSA agents with attitude checking you coming onto the plane. And you're like, seriously, man? It's not worth traveling. Not at all, not at all. Well, let's get to this one. Uh, three TSA agents out of Miami, Florida, at the airport there in Miami, Miami International Airport, were arrested. And they were, you know, the people that come in and run your bags through the x-ray machine and then open it up and go through it and then say, stand over there, keep your hands up, do this, turn around so we can check you. Well, uh... Jose Gonzalez, Elizabeth Fuster, and Labrarius Williams, who were TSA agents at the Miami International Airport, have now all been arrested and charged with organized scheme to defraud Miami-Dade jail records. So that's what they're doing. Here's what they're doing. They'd open up a packet, a little, you know, oh, let's see what's in this. And they'd see something valuable and they'd pocket it. And the problem is there's cameras on them at all times. Say one case, the uh, video was provided by TSA that showed Williams and Gonzalez removing $600 in cash from a passenger's wallet as the passenger was being screened. And they would just do crap like that. They had sticky fingers. They just grabbed stuff out of people trying to, and you're in a hurry. You're taking, got to take your shoes off, got to take stuff off, got to take your belt off, got to take off mini metal stuff. And you're putting it there and you're not paying attention. You're just trying to get through. And they were taking advantage of, you know, frazzled travelers and they were stealing from them. 
Now the TSA has released a statement. Transportation Security Administration holds its transportation security officers to the highest professional standards and ethical standards and has no tolerance for misconduct in the workplace. We actively and aggressively investigated these allegations of misconduct. We presented our findings to the police department and are working very closely with them. Any employee who fails to meet our fundamental ethical standards is held accountable. That sounds like crap they used to say at my old job and was a complete farce because they only hold some employees to standards at a lot of these places. And they get employees that they're just glad they show up and they have a warm body in the spot and they just leave them alone because if they start harassing those dudes, they'll just call out sick all the time. And then they're constantly struggling to fill the holes, so they end up just letting it slide, letting it slide, letting it slide. Then you get your guy that shows up to work every day and is a solid, hard-ass worker, and then they ride that mofo. Yeah, so TSA can suck it. I don't believe them. I know a few people that are... Uh, Coolio told me he he was TSA back in the day, obviously way before 9-11, and then he said that uh, he would go in, into LAX and go into the stairwell during his break and smoke crack. As they told me, swear. As before, he was a big famous rapper, obviously. Smoking crack in the stairwells at LAX while he was being a TSA agent. Sounds fun. Yeah, don't trust TSA agents. I also don't trust them when they run. I remember one time we were going on vacation and they, some people, they put you in the one where they spin through and basically they see you butt naked is all they're doing. They're looking at you naked. And I remember they ran my wife through once. And then they're like, oh, no, no, you need to go through again. And then, like, they said they were trying to put her through a third time. And I said, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, look at the last two scans you got because shit's not happening again. Like, I had to intervene. And, and they were like, okay. And they stopped. <laughs> it's crazy. I hate TSA workers. And you should, too. I'm stretch. I hate everyone, though. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, if I'm the manager of the Team Honda, I think I need to pick up the phone and call the guys over at Oakley and say, hey, we appreciate that you sponsor our dude, but stop giving him free golf clubs and free golf bags. We need him to really dial in the racing right now. That's what I would be doing, because I'm seeing some social media posts from Chase Sexton where he's in his trailer. You could tell he had just raced. He's got no shirt on. He's cooling off, and he's got a brand-new golf bag, and he shouts out to his Oakley sponsor who brought him a set of clubs and a bag that are all pretty bad. Badass. Very cool perks if you're a professional motocross racer, but at the same time, we need Jace 100% on moto right now. 100%. He is the guy that's got to get jet. It has to be Jace, man. I, I'm telling you, Oakley needs to calm down with the golf clubs. Maybe for the offseason, we get him some new clubs. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, uh, here we go. Let's get into Philly now. I know I'm playing Ice Cube. He is not a Philly rapper. I just like the song, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Cause shotgun blasts are bad for your health. That's right, Ice Cube. Let's get into this story. So we talk about this a lot on the show, and that is the douchebags that ride dirt bikes on the city streets. I saw two packs of them going down Lincoln Boulevard through Venice the other day. And I am not kidding. I, the police were in front of them and behind them. And no cops were making any effort to stop him. Dude's just bropping out, man. Brop. Just four strokes, two strokes, quads, dirt bikes, just riding down the street. One with, of course, they're doing wheelies, too. 
And this is the thing. This is all over the country. This is happening. And I don't know why police are not enforcing the law, but in this situation, you had a young guy uh, Friday night, about 11.30 p.m., Philadelphia police respond to a call at Christopher Columbus Boulevard in Washington Avenue of an uh, accident has happened involving a city bus and a dirt bike. And this is one of those dirt bikes. This is a illegal dirt bike, not legal on uh, the city streets. And the guy was riding around and got hit by a bus or hit a bus and was critically injured. 34-year-old rider. Now, they say, and I'm going to put my own spin on this, that the paramedics are there, first responders are on the scene. When a car pulls up and a dude jumps out of the car, gets on the dirt bike and just hauls ass. So the dirt bike that the guy was riding gets stolen while he's laying on the ground dying after having just been hit by a bus. And they're like, it just got stolen. Now I'm saying there's a possibility he crashed, he was laying on the ground, knew he was going to the hospital, and he texted his buddies and said, hey man, come get this bike. And then they rolled up and, and stole the bike. And they're like, oh, the bike got stolen. Because I got a feeling it was probably a stolen bike anyways. I don't think any of these bikes are owned legally. Do you know how expensive dirt bikes are right now? And you're just going to ride it down the street and let the police impound it because that's what they do. They take your bike when you ride them on the streets. So whose bike would you ride down the street? Not your own, that's for damn sure. Yeah, this is straight up Philly. But hey, it's possible in Philly. Uh, the guy's laying on the ground dying and they steal his motorcycle. But for the most likely cause, I'm going to say it was his buddies doing him a solid and getting the bike and getting out of there before the police took it or arrested him for having a stolen motorcycle. And now we'll never know. What happened to the bike? Oh, it was my bike. I bought it from a garage sale. Oh, really? Why are you riding a dirt bike on the street? Uh, it wasn't. It was street legal. My friend, my, uh, it got stolen, though. You guys sat there and it got stolen. Yeah. That's what I think is happening. All right, coming up next, let's talk a little uh, motocross before we go back into that Jet Lawrence interview in the final hour. Talk a little bit more, a little recap of the weekend. Good stuff happened Saturday at Southwick. Get into that next. It's the Big Four Nine. The Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Time to check out the 450 Championship points. Jet Lawrence is running away with this championship here at the halfway point with a 67-point lead, and that is over number two, Dylan Ferrandez. Aaron Plessinger sitting at number three, and Adam C. and Cirillo at number four, 124 points back from Jet Lawrence. In fifth place is Cooper Webb, and he's done for the year, so it doesn't matter. And that puts Ty Masterpool, who is at number six this week, really in the number five position by the time we're said and done. And Jay Sexton, who's just gotten back from injury, is sitting at number seven in the championship points. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big four nine, it is a stretch show on a Monday morning. Let's get our Aussie theme on. The Aussie flag is waving strong still in motocross with young Jet Lawrence. But Hunter has taken a stumble. Boy, man, did I feel for Hunter on Saturday. We know that uh, last week at Redbud, Hunter had a really bad crash in the second moto and did not finish in the first turn and ended up not getting any points on the day. But he had such a big lead from winning every race before that that he still had an 18-point lead going into uh, Southwick this weekend. 
So Danger Boy Deegan's in second place. And Danger Boy Deegan did not have a hell of a day. I think he uh, he finished sixth overall, which is where he stood in the points, and that's usually not a, enough to get a red plate, but in the very first moto, Hunter's CR250 just exploded. He was riding to a turn, it started smoking and cut out. And he just dropped it on the side of the road and went and sat down and you could tell he was pissed. And then in the second race, he ended up with an eighth overall, which is very un-Hunter Lawrence. So I don't know if, if he was still, we don't know how he would have done. Uh, he was doing all right when the bike exploded. What's weird is in that first moto, he had a horrible start and had eaten his way all the way back up through the pack when the bike exploded. And he was ahead of Deegan when the bike blew up. And then in the second one, he just didn't look good and he didn't eat his way up, which is something that guy does all the time. Now in the other world, let's 450s. Jet, for the first time, it was news that he didn't get the whole shot in either race, but it was funny. One uh, race, Sexton got it, and in the next race, Ferrandez got it, and he literally got them by the second turn in both of those motos and never looked back. He is really getting good at just getting out front on the clean open air with nobody in front of him, getting a big-ass gap, and then managing the gap as opposed to managing the race. The gap between him and second place, it's its typically about 13 to 20 seconds, usually. And that's a lot of gap when you're racing. And the kid just looks, he looks unbeatable is what he looks right now. It's that kind of year for him. So I feel bad for Hunter, but man, I, I, I look at Jet. It's just, he's putting on, a, and what's weird is as, Amazing as this is, and as much as I like him and we are a fan of him, you want to see somebody push the kid. And he's not going to, if he loses a race, he's not going to lose the championship. It's his points like 60 something point lead. Remember, most everyone's hurt. Now Cooper's out. Cooper was up there in the points. Chase was out for a while, so he's all the way down like number eight in the points right now. And there's really no one rival, rivaling uh, Jet Lawrence freaking phenomenal man so that's what happened in moto this weekend it was fun to watch it was really good racing this saturday once again an early ass mofo race it is the last east coast then we come to washugal and then after washugal uh, we take a two-week break and that is gonna suck for the 49 but we'll get it rolling Thank you guys for listening to 49. If you just came here, you just discovered us. Uh, we appreciate you. Tell 12 friends. Help this thing grow. Get the 49 out there everywhere it needs to be. The only moto rock station on planet Earth. Big 49. It is time for the stretch out read to pack it up and get out of here. It's time to get my fat man lunch on. By the way, I had a doctor's appointment on Friday. I have not done a show. Well, I did the moto show on Saturday. But I don't talk about stuff there. I just talk about moto with those idiots and then hurl insults at people. It's kind of what I do. But on Friday, I'm all clear. I still have diabetes, but that's the only thing I got. And it's not out of control right now. All is well for the fat man. Blood pressure, great. Cholesterol, great. All my levels are great. All my innards are great. Everything is solid gold, so we're looking good. Even though they are sending me the heart specialist, make sure I don't drop dead of a heart attack. But all my blood work is good. I already got the results back. 
My doctor's super, 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 super thorough. She's awesome. So, uh, Fat Man should be around for a while. We just got to keep the big 49 around for a while. That's why I need you to tell 12 friends or 14 or 27. Tell your dirty tramp grandma. Tell everybody you know. Say, Grandma, you can listen to this and be cool while you're in the old folks' home getting railed by some strange at the bingo table. Grandma just getting pounded. Pound, 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 pound. Taking Grandma to Pound Town. What's happening? I'm just telling you. Viagra changed the world in old folks' homes. They're just nailing it down. They got gonorrhea like crazy in the old folks' homes because people are banging so much. Grandpa, I mean, he get it hard, but he doesn't got much feeling down there. He don't want to wear a rubber. So he just STDs everywhere. His turned horrible. His sign-off went off the rails quickly. Oh, well. That's what I do. Tomorrow on the show, it'll be another 450 superstar. It will be either Mr. Chase Sexton or Mr. Dylan Ferrandez. Then by the middle of the week, We'll start to sprinkle in some 250 guys. Uh, Joe Shimoda up on the podium for the first time this year. That was good to see. Justin Cooper back on the podium this week. And then uh, Tom Vial, Red Bull KTM, got his first win ever. So, uh, ever racing in America. Very cool to see that kid, too. Uh, They always say, though, that that track lends itself to MXGP dudes. And he was an MX2 champion, so coming along nicely all right i'm getting up out of here i will talk to you guys tomorrow for the tuesday spectacular thank you for listening until tomorrow god bless you all and god bless the united states of america